Hello, mama. I hope you are just having the best day ever that your coffee was hot and you got to sit in peace with it. And it just has been a good day. (laughs) That's like what a good day is as a mom when you drink hot coffee. Oh man, motherhood. (laughs) Lower in the bar. (laughs) No, really, there's so much beauty here. But yeah, but also just a hot cup of coffee alone is now a privilege. And that's, uh, I mean, really what that does is you makes you more grateful for all of the little moments, right? <laughs> so thank you for motherhood for that. Uh, today we are going to dive back into our conversation about how to help our kids have their own biblical values, how to help them see the world through the lens of the Bible, how to help them and, and um, support them in forming their own beliefs so that they can be ready to stand against the tide of culture that we know is very strong. It's like that rip current. That's like that undercurrent. Gosh, I don't know the technical terms. If you live near the ocean, you've heard of it, where there's this undercurrent. I think that's what it's called. (laughs) That happens. And if you get too far out off the shore, if there's an undercurrent going on, it just slowly, slowly drifts you without you realizing it until suddenly you are like a mile down the shore, far away from where you need to be deeper in the water. And sometimes people literally need like helicopters to rescue them, which I imagine, I mean, praise God that they rescued them, but it might be a little embarrassing, right? (laughs) But that can so easily happen in our culture. The the culture is so loud and has lots of opinions and we are, uh, Christians are the minority now. It's not a, it's a called a post-Christian society where the, the values of our country are no longer Christian. And so we can feel, and this is, you know, I know there's people all over the world listening and I'm talking specifically about the U.S. I'm not sure exactly how that applies to each individual country, but from, I think most of our countries, they're not, not Christian. Um, and so when, when this is true, we have to be so aware of what is happening because that undercurrent just wants to slowly take us off course. And so it's, it's what that looks like is when we have, you know, maybe a question about something in the Bible and we, we kind of allow ourselves to say, did God really say that? You know, I think I'm going to like listen to most of the Bible, but this one thing, I think I'm, I have my own opinion about it. I don't know that that, that's really what God meant. And when we do that, even with the smallest things, and I have, I have seen this in people I know when we do that with just one thing, even if we're well-meaning with it, it, it lets that undercurrent get us and we slowly drift more and more away from the truth. And so in order to not let culture do this is we have to like essentially swim against it. I think when we're talking about the tide, I think you have to swim diagonal. I can't remember what it is. I remember in Hawaii having this kind of happen and being like, wait, we have to swim diagonally toward the shore or parallel to the shore, something like that. Essentially what you need to be doing is moving. You can't just sit still, or if you sit still, you're going to float the wrong way. You have to be active in your movements and pursue the shore. And so what this looks like for us, if we want to stand firm in our faith and not be swept away is we need to one, be aware of the current and two, be active in building our faith and building our knowledge, because ultimately that knowledge is going to help us fight against those lies that want to steal us away. We have to know the truth 
to fight the lies. And so what we're talking about today is making sure we, first of all, are doing this in our own lives so we can then teach our kids to do this and help our kids be equipped to swim against the tide of culture that is, we know, only growing more and more strong as you know, like Jesus said, as before he comes back, the world's just going to get crazier and crazier. And I think we all can see that, whether it's from the weather or what's happening in politics, there's, there's a lot of chaos or just, gosh, all over the world, natural disasters, famine. Oh, it makes my heart heavy, but uh, we know this is what's coming in the last days. And so it has never been more paramount that we can teach our kids this so that they can be prepared to fight this and not just let culture sweep them away, but also to be kingdom builders, to be strong enough to not just like stay in one spot and not get swept away, but to be strong enough to to, to make it to the shore and, and to pull people along with them so that we can build God's church, spread the good news of Jesus, right? So this is such an essential conversation. And I know I don't have all of the answers, but I'm here to tell you some of the things that I have thought through, some of the things I have been taught as um, being a part of my church. And so make sure you have people in your world that when you are talking about these things with, um, that both in terms of a leader pouring into you and helping you stand firm in your faith and helping you teach your kids, and also side-by-side relationships where you guys are figuring out what this looks like in the day-to-day, how to have these conversations with our kids, how to equip them for what our world is going to look like and not letting fear in because it could be so easy to look at what's happening and say, I am terrified for my children. They don't have a future. This is scary. No, God says never to fear. We don't have to let fear in at all. Like we do not have to be scared for our kids. We need to equip them and take that seriously, but we do not need to be scared for them. I know that is hard, but God says, do not fear. Do not fear. So many times throughout the Bible, he repeats it again and again because he knows we're going to be challenged with that. And so if the thing is, if we're not going to fear, we need to be active, active in terms of equipping ourselves and our kids. So that's what we're doing. And, and you know, one of my first points in the last uh, message was go back and listen to that podcast because um, there's a lot of stuff that you need to know there. And the first point was to get in a church. So make sure you're in a church community. And another great place to help you swim against the tide is in our Facebook group. What I mean by that is it's just something to be surrounded by other people that are active in their faith, that are pursuing the same things that you are. Iron sharpens iron. You've got to have that. You need it in person in your world. And so I hope that you have that in your church. And if you don't, your job, again, I'm going to remind you, if you're not in a church, pause this episode right now and figure out what church you're going to go to this Sunday. Okay. And then also get in our Facebook group and just use that community as support, as ideas of how to have these conversations, how to navigate circumstances that you're confronted with. Uh, make sure that you're getting in there. You can find it by searching through Facebook for Morning Mama Collective. And I hope that you will join our community that's growing so quickly and um, that God will just use it to equip you better. Okay. Man, that's a long tangent before we even like dive into the meat of it. I hope that blessed you because that was seven minutes of your time. <laughs> but yeah, I can't wait to see you over there. But without further ado, let's jump in to today's episode. Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past 
craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. All right, Mama. Oh, I'm excited just to dive into this more with you because it is so important. And we do not talk about this enough because it really needs to be on our minds all of the time. So make sure you go back and listen to the prior episode where I unpacked the first points. Number one was get in a church. Number two is be in the word daily with your kids and with yourself, most importantly. And then help your kids learn to apply the word to their lives and what that looks like. So number four, I want to dive just straight into this. And that is teach your kids that they have a choice. Now, so ultimately, right, our goal is to help our kids have a foundation of biblical truth that they believe, right? At some point, the faith that we're teaching our kids needs to become their own. And the thing is, if we force feed them and force them to believe this and and make them feel like they don't have a choice in the matter, then a lot of times what happens is they end up rebelling. They end up pushing away from it because they were never allowed the choice to make it their own. Now, a few things here. This is very nuanced. First of all, I'm not talking about saying like, hey, you need to figure out your own religion. I will let you choose. I want you to study this and decide for yourself. That's not at all what I'm talking about. I do not believe that is the right path. I believe that we teach our kids a Christian worldview. Just like I'm saying, we're in the word with them. We teach them to apply it. We talk about Jesus. We we tell them all the things, right? We, we speak about it like it is truth because it is. We know it to be truth. And we speak about it that way. We don't encourage them to go seeking other religions. We don't say, hey, you got to decide this for yourself. You got to figure out your truth. No. What we do, though, is help them see that ultimately this will become their own decision. So yeah, so many things I want to say here. (laughs) First of all, just growing up, I loved how my parents did this in that they said, Hey, we are going to go to church and you need to also go to church. However, and this is when I was in high school, I think, yeah, I think probably high school age, They said, but if there is another church that you would like to go to, a Christian church, not like a different religion, um, a Christian church that you would like to go to, then that is okay. Um, And I love that because ultimately I, I plugged into the youth group at another church and that was a huge instrumental time in my life. Like the, there was some, some hard stuff, like some damage that happened there as well. But ultimately like that is something that helped me make my faith my own. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity to plug into that with, with friends that I made that just helped me get on the right path. And so I, I love that. I think that's a really cool way. Um, you know, hopefully you are in a church that has an amazing youth program and your kids love it and they're plugged in with you and you guys are building the church together. That's the ideal. But I know that that there's a lot of different scenarios out there. And so that might not be the situation that you're in. And so that's an alternative. So one, we're speaking truth to our kids. We're we're teaching them the truth of God's word. We're not saying, well, this is one opinion. This is my opinion. We don't even have to caveat it like that. We don't have to say like, well, I believe that the 
you know, this is what God's word is. We say, no, this is what God's word says. Now, and then, and then we are making sure that they are plugged into a church. Now, where, where you help reinforce that choice is I have this conversation with my son a lot. And I say like, Hey, ultimately you're going to have to decide if you want to accept Jesus. And this, this kind of comes up in a couple of different ways. One is when we're talking about heaven and he's asking kind of questions about what that's going to be like, or, you know, what happens. Um, and I'll say like, if you accept Jesus, you get to spend eternity in heaven. Like I think it's when we, we talk about death and I'll just remind him that he has that choice. Like he has to ultimately choose to accept Jesus. And another moment that this kind of comes up is when he has a moment of sin and he's, you know, we're processing that and trying to talk about it. And, you know, he'll say something like, oh, I don't want to listen to you or whatever. I'm trying to think of what he would say, but he doesn't want to do something. And I'll say like, Hey bud, like what you do have that choice. Like ultimately I cannot make you do something. I cannot make you follow God. I cannot make you uh, make a good choice, but there will be consequences if you make that bad choice. And we do need to teach our kids that because ultimately like that's the choice that God gives us. He says we are his kids and he does not force us to follow him. That's, that's why he put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden so that we would have a choice of whether to choose to follow him or to choose self-rule. And while obviously he wants us to choose him, he gave us that choice so that our love would be genuine. So we wouldn't be robotic. And we need to remind our kids that they have that choice so they can start understanding that. And to see that they have power in the way that they are walking and the choices they are making so that they can begin to make those choices for themselves with our support, of course. But I, 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 this is such an important thing for them to see that they have a choice in the matter. They have power. Yes. And we need to have those consequences, firm consequences for bad choices that they're making. But ultimately, they do get to, to make those choices. Or, you know, I think there's just been little moments of when my, my son's just in a really rebellious mood and he'll say something that I think he doesn't mean, but you know, who knows, um, that like, oh, I don't want to follow God or I don't want to obey God. And I will say, okay, yep, I understand that. Uh, and that is your choice. No one can make you follow God. God cannot make you. God will not make you. Um, I cannot make you. That is your choice. And ultimately, you can follow him. And if you follow him, the rules that he has for you are going to help you have a happy, fulfilled, wonderful life. Or you can choose to decide on your own what you're going to do. And I and I even say like, hey, and I, I've tried this way. I've tried both ways, bud. And let me tell you, like when you decide for yourself, things do not go well. And I'll just talk about how, you know, God's laws actually make our lives better because he created us so he knows what we need. And so they're not just rules to follow. They are ways that he knows for how we are going to be the healthiest and the happiest and the most wonderful lives that we could have. And so I just help them to see that so clearly. And so that's just another way that I think we can equip our kids to have this biblical worldview is to help them understand that they do have a choice in the matter. And ultimately they are one day going to have to make that choice. And, and kind of along with this, another way that I just 
you know, for, for older kids, you're not going to have to do this because they're already going to be aware of this. But for my young kids who are very sheltered, uh, you know, they're again, just in the communities that they're in are at church and Christian school for my son who's in school. And then they're at home, right? Like that's, and most of the people that interact with them are from our church, um, that are followers of Christ, right? The only interactions they have with people that, that don't know Jesus are at the park. And, you know, we don't usually get into those discussions there. And so to help my kids kind of grow an awareness that not everyone believes this, uh, just to prepare them for real life and to help them just begin to see like that, um, you know, that they're going to have to choose to believe this. And I think that's so important because they, like, I want to prepare them to make that choice. If they don't know that's going to be a choice someday, it's going to blindside them when all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, not everyone believes this. This is not just like so clearly the truth, right? Because as kids and we teach it to them, they just know the truth we know, we tell them. Like, it's just like Santa Claus, right? They know that as truth because we've told them that. But at some point they're going to start to question and figure out for themselves if they believe in Santa Claus and and to start to investigate. And so we want to prepare our kids for that moment of when they do that with their faith. And so one of the ways we'll do this is, um, you know, I had this, this is like a year or two ago. I can't remember exactly when, but my son is very justice oriented. And so he loves, uh, he sees things very black and white, very right and wrong. And so <laughs> he, he, for a while, you know, was very adamant in teaching other people to make sure they didn't say, oh my God, because I would teach him like, hey, bud, you can't say, oh my God, because when we're using God's name, we want to either be talking to him or about him. We don't just want to say it randomly. If we're not talking to him or about him, I said like, you know, it's kind of like if I just randomly said, oh my Josiah, and you'd turn around and be like, wait, what? What what are you talking to me? (laughs) I'd be like, no, I just, I was just saying, I was just having a conversation, not about you. So... (laughs) He really understood that. And so he was very oriented in making sure that no one did that because that was something he learned was wrong. And so at first when he was like, you know, teaching teaching people to do this, like I can't remember who he taught that. I was like, okay, um, I think maybe I can't remember if my daughter was talking at that time or not or I don't know, little moments he would or maybe on the TV. I don't know. He would correct people. And at first I thought, okay, that's kind of cool. I love that he's standing up for what is right. But then I started thinking about it because he started doing it a lot. And so like there was a kid at the park, I remember one time that just kept saying it. And he would, he, <laughs> he was trying to tell them and this kid didn't hear him because this kid was just off, you know, trying to play. But he was like, hey, you, you can't say, oh my God. And so while I was so proud of him for standing up and having the courage to stand up for what was right, I just realized, okay, this <laughs> is probably not the best because ultimately people that don't know God or really just anyone, even if this kid did know God and, you know, some people just say that, you know, even if they're Christians, um, (laughs) we don't want to go around telling people what to do and not to do, right? That's the job of the Holy Spirit is to convict and to, to help people, you know, walk on the right path. And it's not our job, especially 
when we're first meeting them, right? Like the only time that's our job is like when we are their leader or we are, you know, someone that they go to or even a friend, like we can correct a friend. But when we're just strangers, that's not our job. And so it's like, okay, I got to have a conversation with my son about this. And so, you know, I said, hey, bud, like, I love that you are standing for what is right. I love that you have the courage to do that and that you are taking God's, God's laws so seriously. But here's the thing, but not everyone believes that God is real. Right. And you can even see like that narrative too. in some of the stories we talk about, like about Daniel in the lion's den, like they talk about the king and the kingdom, not knowing God. And so they just start to get this, uh, more clear worldview of what's happening. And so just, you know, taking that and applying it and saying, Hey, this, you know, not everyone believes in God. And so they're not going to know to follow God's laws. And so it's not our job to tell them when they're doing something wrong. It's just our job to tell them uh, about God and to love them. And so, you know, I think, you know, just those little moments where you have those opportunities to help paint this, this bigger picture of reality for them so that they can have a basis, uh, to walk in when they get older and start thinking through things and they're trying to figure things out. They already kind of know the layout of like, okay, this is a choice I have to make. Not everyone believes this, but here's all the reasons that I want to choose this, but they're already thinking through that. They're already starting to navigate that. All right. then let's hop in now to number five. And this is that we need to have hard conversations with our kids that are like, of course, age appropriate. So this is going to look different depending on the age of your kids. But ultimately we do not want to shy around these topics that can feel uncomfortable to talk about as parents, but are so, so essential to be having these conversations at home. Because if these conversations aren't being had at home about sex, sexuality, gender, so much. If we're not having those conversations with our kids at home, then where are they having those conversations? Those are probably with their friends, maybe at church, but most of the time this isn't talked about as directly. I mean, actually our youth group does a good job of this and talking with our, our kids and our youth about this. But it is essential that this starts at home. And so, and especially at a younger age, the younger you can start it, the better, because you're just going to create more um, comfort for them. You're going to help them already have a worldview as they go into these conversations that will inevitably happen with their friends at some point. And so they already have a basis of truth to go in with and, and you're equipping them for that conversation. And so like, don't shy away from this. Um, and so, you know, obviously I have very little kids, a four-year-old, two-year-old, six-month-old. He's not taking in too much, but <laughs> this is how it looks for us. Um, for one, we have these books that talk about um, sex at a at different ages. So it's like a, a set of books. I'll link it in the show notes, but it just goes into very age-appropriate description of, of sex for each age. And it starts at age three and it really doesn't talk too much about sex. It's more just like about where babies come from and private parts and like that kind of stuff very generally. And then at age five, there's another book we haven't started yet, but, and then it goes all the way into the teenage years. And so like, you're so set for all of these different ages. And so start that young, like start those conversations because you want them to have a healthy view of sex. Sex is good. God made sex. And we want our kids to have a accurate view and beliefs on this, but also healthy. Like that's not bad. They don't need to be scared of it. They don't need to, um, 
have shame about it. That like we want them to, to see it as good. And so we want to start talking about that. So we do that. Also just little moments where, um, we talk about like, okay, like, you know, your, your private parts and we'll call them like your penis, your vagina, we'll call them the names of their parts, but we'll say like, Hey, that is not for anyone else. That is only for you. And someday when you get married, your spouse can share that. But right now it's only for you, but Hey, God made it good. It is very good part of your body. It is wonderful, but it's just a private area. And so it's like reinforcing that God made your body good. Every part of you is good just because we don't want to put that on someone else or, or show that in public doesn't mean that it's not a good part of you. And then we also have conversations about gender. And, you know, here's one of the things too, that I I make sure to do is to not be rigid about, uh, cultures, kind of old definitions of gender and the stereotypes. And what I mean by that is if my son wants to play with baby dolls, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like I want him to be a good father. I want him to, to love to be with babies and take care of babies. Like that's amazing. And so we don't need to like go to the extremes where it's like, you can't play with boy toys. You can't play with girl toys. Like it's, it's okay to, to some of those things that like, aren't like defined in the Bible, like girls should only play with babies and not trucks. Like the Bible does not say that. So let's be careful, like what we are being strict about, because I do think that being overly strict on that and, and being, um, just, just like adding shame for something that they want to do that is innocent, like playing with a baby doll. I think that that has added to some of the narrative around feeling like, well, maybe I'm not a boy. If I want to play with baby dolls, then maybe that means I'm not actually a boy. And so we don't want to add any kind of that narrative into them. And so just be really cautious with what you are saying they can and can't do. Um, or even saying like, that's a girl toy. Like it's, is it really a girl toy? Like everyone loves, like we have this like pink cell phone. My son loves to play with it. Like, is it really a girl toy just cause it's pink? Like everyone, every kid loves fake cell phones. It's the best. Right. And so, yeah, just, just be cautious. And I just want to say that. But then we'll also talk about like, Hey, you're a boy. And that means that God made you so good. Like for example, and if my son ever listens to this when he's a teenager, he'll be so embarrassed, but <laughs> he will, you know, I'm nursing my baby now. And so he will sometimes try and nurse a baby doll or even my daughter, like just pretend <laughs> And so I'll say, oh, hey, bud, you know what? That's actually just what mommies do. But you know what? You're going to be a daddy someday if you want to be, if God chooses to make you a daddy. And guess what? Daddies daddies can't feed babies from their chest, but daddies can feed bottles to babies. Daddies get to, to play with their kids in this way. Daddies get to do all these special things or like, you know, even just talking about like, yeah, as a boy, God made you so good. And it's so special that you get to do these special things as a boy. Right. And just talking about like, Hey, you're a boy and this is what it means. And that, and it's good that you're a boy. God chose you to be a boy. And so just being clear on that and open about that and celebrating that, and just kind of helping them see themselves like, yeah, God chose to make me a boy and that is good. And it means something different than what it means to be a girl, but that's not bad. And it's like, and you know, just even helping them think like, okay, what does daddy get to do? Because he's a boy. Like, what does that look like? 
And for us, this hasn't come up yet, but when, you know, at some point I know they're going to see uh, same-sex relationships depicted on TV or in, in person or whatever it is. And we're going to do the same thing. We're going to say, hey, you know, remember, not everyone believes in God's word, but God's word does say that marriage is made for a man and a woman. And, you know, somewhat not everyone believes in God or follows his laws, but that's what the Bible says. And it's so good that God made marriage for a man and a woman. And so just talking like really positively and factually about what the Bible says. And hey, I know some of that is going to be challenging for some of you. And I just want to say like, Hey, you can hang out around here as long as you want, even if you don't believe that. And that's okay. Um, I do believe that's what the, the word of God says, but I know that's so challenging for some of you. And so I encourage you to explore it kind of like I was saying before. Um, I can't remember. I think it was in the last episode. I encouraged you to go in, uh, listen to the series that my church just did kind of unpacking the five big questions we ask as humanity. And they did so a good job just helping answer these things. So, um, go in and watch that. I'm going to link it in the show notes. I got to remember to do this, <laughs> but, uh, I, I go to the movement church. It's in orange County, California. Uh, and the, the series is called wonder and it's, it's so good. So go and explore that. But you know, for the, for those of us that do believe that the Bible says that, um, we just got to be clear and, and we don't have to be awkward about it. We don't have to make it weird. We just have to be prepared for these moments and to know how to say it, what to say. And, you know, and if you don't have all the answers, that's okay. You can tell your kids that you could say like, you know, if you have older kids and you're just not sure all the answers to the questions they have, you could say, Hey bud, like I, I believe this firmly, you know, I believe this is what the Bible says. I don't know all the answers, but you know what? We should, we should look into that together. We should dive into scripture more. We should uh, maybe read a book about a theologian that has spoken about this so that we can understand it better. And I think that's just going to, you know, help them trust you. Like you don't have to have all the answers. When we pretend that we have all the answers, that actually creates more distrust because we actually don't have all the answers and people can sense that. Um, So just be honest with your kids about what's going on. All right. The last thing that I want to say is, and it kind of just goes hand in hand with this other one, but it's just to create a safe space for hard conversations. So like whenever your kids do bring up something, um, Make sure that you you don't overreact. Make sure you don't get awkward and weird. Make sure you don't uh, even like blame them or get angry, but just that you would create a safe space where you can talk to them openly and just be curious about what they're bringing to you and, and be firm about what the word of God says, but do it in a way where it's out of love and you, you're hearing what they're saying and what they're trying to understand. Like, and, and just remind yourself of, you know, if you've wrestled with these questions, remind yourself of that feeling of feeling just confused because culture says this one thing and it feels like it's loving to believe this thing, but we know God's word says something different. And so just remind yourself of that feeling of that and just help your kids navigate that on their own time. Now, again, we don't water down God's word, but we, we don't get angry. We don't demand that they believe something because they need to work through it themselves. And the best place for them to work through that is with you. 
is with someone that can help direct them, can, can be that safe place to bounce ideas and thoughts and questions off of. And so do your best just to create this space. And you do that by bringing this up at early, you know, as much as you can in an early age and not being awkward about it as best you can. And just being so positive about how God made us good and our body parts are all good and sex is good, right? And mama, I know these conversations can feel intimidating and feel like, who am I to talk about this? I don't feel equipped to to handle this. But just remember, God chose you to be the mama to your kiddos. So you are the person perfect for this. And you can equip yourself if you have questions. If you don't know how to do it, there's so many resources out there. So just prepare yourself and, and create this space so that your kids can just be ready for what the world has to say. And they're already going to know. They're already going to know what the Bible says. Okay. Let me just pray over you. I know this is such a challenging topic and I know there's so many stories represented here listening and it's a lot. So just remember God is in control. Uh, Remember that prayer has supernatural power. uh, And so don't, don't stop praying for your kids. All right, let me pray for you. God, I just thank you that you've chosen us for this crazy task of motherhood. God, I thank you that uh, even when we don't feel like we're enough, God, that you say we're more than enough, God, and that you are equipping us for everything that we need, God, and in our weakness, it makes you strong, God. And so I pray that your strength would just surge through us, God. I pray your your peace would surge through us, God, as we have these conversations, as we navigate these questions, as we think about equipping our kids for the world. Lord, please just give us divine wisdom and insight into how to have these conversations and when to have them and what it looks like. And just be in the middle of it, God, so that we can just get our kids to be prepared for what is ahead of them. Lord, and we just pray protection over our kids, God. We thank you that more than anything, they're yours. And so we don't have to worry, God. And even though that's so hard in our world, God, you says you say never to worry. And so God, I pray you would raise all of our faith, God, so that we would just trust in that more and release it all to you, God, the God that sees every detail, God, the God that formed all of our bodies so intricately and wonderfully, God. Oh, we would just trust in who you are and the plans that you have for us, God. And so we just thank you, God, for what you're doing, God, and uh, pray that you would just help us to be the moms that we need to be for our kiddos. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you, Mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you.